Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unpopular Fitness Ideas with your host, Marta. I hope you're having a lovely day today. And today's episode brings a little bit of hashtag deepness into it. I always like to get somewhat deep and vulnerable in these episodes. But today we're going to talk about your responsibility as your happiness. The concept that you are responsible for your own happiness and not relying on other people for that to happen. Now with that, I'm also going to touch on the concept of self-awareness and the beauty and curse of self-awareness because it never stops. But also on progress, you know, making progress and continuing to be happy with that and avoiding unrealistic expectations and taking care of your mental health as you do that. Now, I never have notes for these things. I never script my podcasts and it's not something that I'm looking to do. So as always, you're in for a ramble. But lately, to be honest, probably since starting this podcast, just because of the nature of it, that it requires me to think and reflect a lot. I've realized how we as humans (laughs) can very easily fall into the trap of posing our happiness in the hands of others. Now, I'm someone that loves to take matters into her own hands. But when it comes to her happiness, if there's other people around me, I can very easily almost expect for them to make me happy. Now, that's not great because what happens when they can't? What happens when they won't? What happens when they're not there and they have a life to attend to? Well, you're fucked. And as I started thinking about this, I realized that we can also become very easily unhappy with our progress, you know, whether it's a lack of progress or not fast enough progress. And then we forget about our happiness altogether because we're setting unrealistic expectations. And with that comes clearly an inability to take care of our mental health because we're too preoccupied over making progress or, you know, being happy, staying happy doing more to be happy and reaching these certain standards of happiness that are just unrealistic. Now this is a bit vague but what instigated this was just the realization that it doesn't matter how hard you work, how much money you make, how amazing your partner is, how many friends you have, how sunny it is where you live because let me tell you it's sunny where I live Like, I don't remember the last time it rained and I don't remember the last time I had to wear a coat. It doesn't matter how many times in the year you can go to the beach because, again, I can go every day. And I still wasn't fully happy. And I mean, it's been too, hasn't been that long since I had this realization. So I don't know if I'm yet fully happy. And that's kind of like weird to say online, especially when I work with people trying to get them to live a really happy and full life but you know as I said we're going to be raw and honest here. What instigated this realization was that if you guys know I used to live in England. Now I lived in England for five years and there's been times in England where I've been so happy. I've been the happiest you know I have some of my happiest memories in England but towards the end of it you know and as Covid was part of our lives essentially and we went through what three or four lockdowns in the UK I started getting really tired like exhausted I couldn't deal with it 
the weather, terrible, working from home all the time, stressing about moving because I knew I was moving, just studying, just, just life, you know, just stress, just adulting, regular occurrences like in everyone's lives. God, for someone that has a podcast, I really can't speak. But anyways, so this was in 2020, obviously COVID hit and I started to put my happiness elsewhere. I started to idealize Spain, which is where I live now. And I started idealizing me moving back to Spain, where it was sunny, where the food's amazing, where I'd always felt calm and tranquil. I was also always on holiday, just where I I idealized it because, you know, the grass is greener on the other side always. And I started blaming me being unhappy on England, on the snow, on the rain, on lockdown, on COVID, on the job that I was about to leave, on being stressed, on having to work and study at the same time, on gyms being closed, on clubs being closed, not being able to see friends. That was what was making me unhappy, quote unquote, because it wasn't, that wasn't the problem. The problem was me. And so when I moved to Spain, you know, there was a little bit of time where I felt happy. I felt good. I felt things were new. I was adapting to change. I was, I had new challenges to overcome. I had a change in environment. It was sunny. The weather was good. I was going to the beach. I was spending time with family and doing things I hadn't done in a while. But obviously that wears off, you know, novelty wears off. And summer came along. And by this point, I was very unhappy. I was more unhappy than I was in England. And this is about when my binging came back and I talk openly about this on my Instagram, and I didn't know how to stop it, because I was living at home, you know, my environment was ideal for my binging to flourish, because this is where things started for me, and again, I started blaming it on, you know, not having stability, living at home with my parents, it was too hot now, like, I hated the weather, Um, it was too busy where I lived, because it's a place where it's holiday season, you know, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a stable job. I didn't feel like I had responsibility because I didn't have a boss and I didn't get that validation. I, again, not my fault. As the weeks went by and my binging got worse and I just sat in my room and did nothing about it, I started realizing that no one else is going to make me happy but me. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You need to pick yourself back up at some point. Like No one's going to be able to pick you up for you. And in the past, when unhappiness has come into my life as a result of my vision of it, essentially of my my perspective of it, I've had undesirable relationships, which again, I've talked about on this podcast, or I've had you know, issues with friends or other external issues. But in this moment, there was nothing wrong with my life. It was just me. I was the one that had a problem with it. And the people in my life supported me. One, I was able to open up about it. And instead of just expecting things to change once my environment changed and expecting my happiness to just come back from an external source, I opened up about what was going on for me, opened up about, you know, my issues with food coming back. And I opened up about this frustration that I felt. And the people that love me in my life have made me realize that my happiness is my responsibility and it's not found in having a car, in having X job, in having X body, in living somewhere that's sunny. All of these things, yes, 
They might make you feel better if you love the beach and you love the sun and you live in Iceland. Probably not the best place to live. You know, if you value health and you value being able to run and exercise, being in an overweight body is probably not the best for what you value. Yes, all these things enriched my life, but they can't be the source of my happiness. Happiness should come internally. And this is when I want to start talking about progress. I've realized, again, a lot of realizing on this podcast, that a big part of happiness comes from making progress. Happiness comes from becoming better and overcoming challenge and overcoming problems. So being someone that loves challenge and loves making progress, I had fallen into the trap and that victim mindset of I have everything I need to be happy, but I'm not happy. And the reason I wasn't happy was because I wasn't making progress. I wasn't working towards anything. I wasn't challenging myself. Now for me and for many others who may listen to this, a big part of that comes from the fact that I no longer was challenging myself with reaching an unrealistic expectation of what my body could be unless it was falling into unhealthy behaviors. And yes, I will talk about unrealistic expectations later. But I lacked this desire to make progress. I was just chasing this ideal life that I just wanted. I wanted it to fall on my laps and I wanted everything to be perfect so I could just feel good. But that's never going to happen because what makes us happy is progress. It's making progress in whatever stage of life you're at. Now, lucky for me, I've undone a lot of my physical progress due to my emotional eating, but also just falling off little things like routine and waking up early and having like consistent routine, for example. But looking back at it, instead of having an existential crisis about my happiness and being like, well, everything's perfect now. What do I do now? Like, why am I not happy? What you need to do is keep challenging yourself. So let's say you are someone that loves, I don't know, running. I love running. So it's kind of like I'm talking about myself yet again. But let's say you're someone that loves running, right? And you set this challenge to run your first 5k. Great. Brilliant. Now what happens in 12 weeks or in eight weeks, I don't know, however long it takes you to run these 5k, I mean this 5k, And then you just keep running 5k for the next three months. After those six months are up, you're going to be bored. You're not going to care about that 5k because you've done it. It doesn't bring you happiness anymore because it doesn't bring challenge. And so you stop running altogether. Or you set a new challenge of running 10k. And that starts making you happy again because you're struggling again. 5k is easy now. Now you bump it up, we're running eight. Okay, this is hard. That's where happiness comes from. When you get home after running that 8K, thinking you couldn't do it and you feel good about yourself. And to me, I was like, yeah, duh. But also when you're stuck in that victim mindset and that like comfort zone of, no, I need to be happy now. Why am I not happy? Like, what do I need? You almost like dwell on this state of unhappiness because you want to be happy so much, but you don't realize that all you need is challenge. And by challenge, I mean, you need to make progress, which brings me to the last thing that I want to talk about, which is unrealistic expectations. You can't just say, okay, well, I want to run 5k. So I'm going to go out today and run 5k. 
Because if you've never ran in your life, that's going to suck and you're probably not going to do it. So what's going to happen then is you're going to go on your 5k, you're not going to be able to do it, you know, you might run 10 minutes and then your heart is up your throat. You stop, you get home, you have a shower, you sit down and you're like, I suck, I can't do that. And then you're stuck in this victim mindset again, where you are telling yourself that you can't do something, that you can't change, that you can't find happiness within yourself. Whereas if you go for a 1k run and a 2k walk, I don't know, and you can do that, you'll get home, you'll feel accomplished and you'll keep doing that until you can achieve that end goal. And that's how you make progress by setting realistic expectations of what you can actually achieve. You need to set a challenge that's challenging enough that it's hard, but not so hard that it's going to want to make you quit. Like it needs to give you like a bit of a tick, you know, it's like, ooh, I can, I can see the reward. This is hard, but I know that if I keep doing it, I'm going to get there. And you know, it's the same thing when you pursue weight loss, when you pursue strength goals, muscle gain goals, goals in your business, in achieving a grade, whatever it is, like you need that balance between a challenge but setting realistic expectations. And what's great about this is that you don't depend on anyone to do it. Like you don't depend on someone coming with you to do it. If you know you set little goals throughout your day or achievements that you want to do and an achievement might be making more friends, like be more social. But that doesn't depend on someone showing up, for example. That depends on your ability to start being more social. And if people like flake, if, if they're flake, then that's on them. But you know what I mean? Like you need to do things that don't depend on other people necessarily. And that's what I realized. Like that's literally what I wanted to talk about today. And it's that your happiness depends on you and it's no one else's responsibility because if you can't almost build your day and your week and your month and life to fulfill you and to make yourself proud of yourself and make yourself feel good within yourself then you are going to show up to your other relationships to your partner to your friend to your mom to your dog being a fucking wet wipe like you are going to be sad, you're going to be grumpy, you're going to be projecting your insecurities onto them, you're going to just feel shit in yourself because you're not achieving. Wow, what if I'm only talking to high achievers and I'm just like a high achiever and I'm forcing everyone to, I don't know. But if you don't feel fulfilled, you know, you don't have to be the best at something, but if you don't feel good about what you do in your day to day and you don't feel like you have somewhat of a purpose, even if that purpose is I don't know, like doing your notes or finishing an essay that you're not passionate about, but at least you're feeling fulfilled in that you're working towards something. And ideally you're doing this by building a sense of community. So you don't feel like you're doing things alone. You are going to feel quite depleted and you're not going to feel happy because you're just not going to be fulfilled. And that's going to reflect on your relationships. And if they are impacted in a negative way, then you're going to feel less fulfilled in those relationships and in turn unhappier in those relationships. And it's just like a cycle. More than a cycle, it's like a disease that spreads and you need to cut it from the root. And the root is you. Like you need to take responsibility and you need to take action to make yourself happy so that you can spread that positivity and that happiness like around the people around you. Now, when it comes to fitness and health, 
making progress and you taking ownership for your happiness within that, again, it comes down to what makes you happy. Like what kind of relationship with food, with exercise, with diet do you want? Like how do you want to feel when you eat? Do you care about feeling bloated or sluggish if you eat a big meal? Or would you rather feel sluggish and big if you feel big after a meal? But, you know, go out for the meal and enjoy it. Like what is health to you? What is fitness to you? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel super strong after a session and absolutely dead? Or do you want to feel like an endorphin rush? What kind of exercise and what kind of diet and, you know, foods are you choosing based on what makes you happy? Because if you are always, let's say, on a diet, right, and you're always trying to lose weight, but what makes you happy is enjoying food and having energy to go out and be super active and that's what brings you happiness, then you're probably miserable at the moment because you're not challenging yourself to achieve what makes you happy. But if you're someone that values, you know, aesthetics a lot and you want to be really fast at running, let's say, so you would rather be small and that brings you happiness. But then on the other hand, you're training to be a powerlifter and you're overeating all the time because you've seen someone online do it, then that's probably not going to make you happy. Now, neither of those things are bad, but it's your responsibility to make yourself truly happy and not just do what you think you should be doing or avoiding doing anything completely because it's too hard work. If you're always under eating and eating foods is scary, then it's your responsibility to get through that fear. And if you consistently overeat and that brings you unhappiness, then it's your responsibility to figure out how to stop overeating. Now, of course, this is oversimplified and, you know, you have to be self-compassionate. It's not just about, you know, doing the work and I'm invalidating your feelings. But at the end of the day, no one's going to be able to do it for you. Like no one can overcome a fear food for you. No one can stop overeating for you. And you have to take action. Not in the sense of you're not working hard enough, but just in the sense of, hey, what's going to make you happy? It's your responsibility. And it's a challenge. As I've said, I've literally said this. It's what I started with. It's going to be a challenge. But if happiness truly lies after that challenge and after the completion of that challenge and making progress towards that direction, then you are going to find happiness. But remember, it's about setting realistic expectations. Don't expect to heal your relationship with food overnight. You know, give it time, make it a challenge on a daily basis and move in realistic ways. Like, like if you literally cannot eat, I don't know, like a burger and fries with an ice cream, don't go for that. Maybe just have the ice cream and then next, take it at your pace, but make it a challenge. Like don't choose something easy. And I'm talking about food here, but it can literally be anything. And yet that is literally everything I wanted to explain today about happiness and unrealistic expectations and blah, blah. But as I've mentioned, I wanted to introduce this. I've actually asked you guys questions about this topic. And that is on happiness being your responsibility and making progress and mental health and whatnot. So I just have a few questions that I'm going to answer. The first one is how to make progress at the gym without dieting. I really like this one because I like laughed like inside and I was like, <laughs> that was me. But then I realized how common this is. Now, what's funny here is that progress 
goes hand in hand with hand in hand with dieting. And that's not true. I think the way to make progress at the gym without dieting is by setting goals that are not aesthetic related. Because what I'm reading here is that you are trying to look for progress as in changes in your body. If you're wanting to see changes in your body, you can strength train and eat in a way that's going to either increase your size or decrease your size in terms of fat and therefore your body's going to change. But what if instead of making progress in terms of your body, you focused on making strength gains or learning a new skill or becoming fitter in terms of, you know, your cardiovascular health. So becoming faster, um, having more power and things like plyometrics or just learning a skill like trying out CrossFit, becoming better at pull-ups, getting a stronger squat, you know, progressive overload. Like what do you count as progress? Is it just how your body looks or is it more than that? And I think if you need to move away from dieting, which I assume that you're trying to, if this is your question, then ask yourself, how else can I make progress? And if you are still wanting to make progress in terms of your aesthetic, but you don't want to diet, perhaps look at your habits. So I'm not saying that by changing your habits, you're going to change how your body looks, but it might make dieting easier in the future, for example, if you have better habits, like can you work on, you know, the amount of protein you have without dieting, without being in a calorie deficit? Can you work on the amount of fruit and vegetable that you have within your day without dieting and almost make the healthier options the norm without associating them to dieting? Because then in the future, if you do go diet and you do want to diet down, which is also a fair and valid goal, it will be easier because the behaviors that are helpful in losing fat might be your default behaviors, if that makes sense. Regardless, having said that, I would encourage you to question what it is that you see as progress and looking for performance goals and just enjoying the process. Now, the next question is how to take care of your mental health when you don't have time. Reading this question, I've realized I haven't actually spoken about mental health within the episode. I think it does come across without actually mentioning it. So I'm just going to answer the question regardless. So I think the most important thing here is the fact that you don't have time. But the truth is, we all have time. Like, if you don't have time to take of your mental health and you have enough time to question, how do I take care of my mental health when I'm you know, so busy, you need to. Like, if it's such a big priority that you can think about it when you're this busy, then you need to take care of your mental health. And it's about understanding that taking care of your mental health is a priority and it doesn't have to take that long. It's about how you integrate these behaviors and this self-care into your life. You know, self-care is not about having, well, it can be, but it's not just about face masks and taking baths or sleeping in. It's like, how can you change your routine and what can you do with your routine and how can you approach your day to feel better mentally? For example, can you take some breaks between your day where you work or you study or whatever it is that you do to just breathe, to either do some breathing exercises, to meditate, to sit outside 
in nature or by a window and look at nature and listen to some peaceful music, you know, just to return to your body? Can you integrate some gentle movement, like walking and being outside and this this state of mindfulness into your routine? Can you integrate having fun? Like having fun is actually such an over underrated approach to mental health. Just can you dance around your room if you're super busy and stressed? Do you have time to call someone for 10 minutes and just hear a different perspective? Like have them tell them about their day and then you can forget about yours and connect with them. Like what can you do in your day, whether it's five minutes, 10, 15, where you were actually taking care of your mental state? Because when you do that consistently, whether it's through exercise, through connection, through having fun, through mindfulness and peace and calmness, you can actually just be super busy, but have snippets in your day of intentional action where you take care of your mental health. I think that's all I have to say. But essentially, everyone has time to take care of their mental health because it doesn't have to be separate from your day to day. It can just be how you approach life. The next question is, I keep setting unrealistic expectations for my body to change. What is realistic? Honestly, I think this is such a common thought. Like I've been there and I still struggle with this. I think the best way to go about it is that understand that our bodies change all the time and that what you probably see online, in magazines, on the media in general, that is probably not realistic or it's a result of years and years of hard work or you're literally seeing the 1% of the population. Because the reality is what we see at the top of the algorithm is the genetic freaks. It's the really good looking people, you know, it's the ones that have the perfect hashtag bodybuilder ratio. You see their best angles, you might see them at their leanest, you might not, not everyone. And understanding that a lot of the time, unrealistic expectations are normalized because we see the best of the best on social media. What is realistic? It completely depends on your body. It depends on how much you're training, what your diet is like, what your genetics are like, and what you're doing. But I think what is realistic is just focusing on the next month, month to three months, and set those realistic tasks. So for example, if your goal is fat loss, but you are expecting to lose fat while maintaining, you know, your shape, that's probably unrealistic because by losing fat, you're going to lose a lot of that tissue. And so you probably have less muscle than you think, for example. So it's like accepting where you are now. Like if you're losing fat, then expect to be smaller by the end of it. If you're working on building muscle, expect to gain fat. Like you're not just going to become this more sculpted, more toned person instantly. It's going to take time to build the muscle and then it's going to take time for your body to adapt to that and probably at some point lose it or whatever it may be. So I think a good way to approach it is by setting realistic goals in terms of what your body goal is. So if it's to gain muscle and you're a woman, you know, it's like that 0.25%. So it's looking at what the evidence says, which I can't say from the top of my head. And I don't think I should say give any numbers in case it's triggering in any way, but just setting realistic targets. So for example, weight loss, you're not going to set a target of losing six kilos in a month. That's not realistic. And looking at what is realistic and approaching it in that way. 
And if your body is not changing fast enough, then have patience and keep going and keep being consistent. And then the last question I have is, I'm not making any progress with my relationship with food. How do you know you're recovered? This is a good question, but I think we have to go back to the concept that I mentioned of making progress and aligning it to challenging yourself. Ask yourself, am I still challenging myself? Yes or no? If it's no, then ask yourself why. Is it because you don't need to and you're absolutely fine? You're at a place where you feel like you're in a good place in terms of recovery. Then you're recovered, which is also not a term that I like to use. But then if it's yes, then you are making progress because you're still doing hard things and doing hard things is going to make you make progress. Now, the reason I say ask yourself the question of am I happy where I'm at with food right now is because a lot of the time when it comes with healing our relationship with food and I said you know I use like quotes is that a lot of the time that comes with the connotation that healing your relationship with food is eating everything and anything at any time of the day and if you are someone that doesn't want to wake up and have like a chocolate bar and you're not challenging yourself to do that then that's fine too like can I wake up and eat a piece of chocolate? Yes, I can. But frankly, I don't want to do that. Does that mean I have an eating disorder? No, it just means I don't want a chocolate bar for breakfast. And I think it's really easy, especially online, to fall into that trap of like, oh, they've done this challenge of eating this, so I should do it too. Or they eat this many calories, so I should too. Or, and again, it's that trap of comparing yourself. But don't. If you're at a place where you feel at peace with food and you can eat without anxiety but you don't feel like you're challenging yourself, but you don't want to, then you're probably fine. If you're still challenging yourself and you're still struggling, then you probably are making more progress than you think. And with that, we've come to the end of this episode and this week's Q&A. So it started a bit deep, but I think we were able to finish it a bit more lighthearted, which feels good. And so I'm going to leave you guys with that and I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoy your day and the rest of your week. Bye guys.